Hey guys, it's uh, Andy here in another episode of the Mountain Malarkey Podcast with Dave. Hello everybody. How are we doing Dave? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Got something a little different today. Very different, yeah. So what we've done is we realised that uh, when we do the Tuesday tune-in over on Facebook, um, which we've been doing during lockdown... We had some comments and requests around, um, you know, not everyone's on Facebook, but people still wanted to hear about the content. There's been some great stuff. We've yeah. talked about bags. We've talked about battle of the treks. We talked about trekking boots, mindset, fitness, loads of stuff. And we thought to ourselves, well, why don't we turn these into podcasts? Because like you said, Dave, they're, they're sitting down listening for an hour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, we've got a couple of, we had a couple of special guests, didn't we? We had a new head of operations over in Nepal. Yeah. Uh, Lee Wardle, Ironman triathlete. Um, gym owner and all around nice guy um, yeah and there's there's so much good information and good content there that and not everybody is on Facebook or yeah. can sit there and watch a video for an hour and a bit doing nothing so yeah this is a great format you can do it on the go put it in your car listen to it it's a bit interactive, so you're going to have seen us answer questions and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a bit different. Um, you know, but if you're listening to this, obviously, yeah. um, and you have any questions about any of the things you hear, uh, podcast at evertrack.co.uk. Awesome, Dave. Yeah, enjoy the episode, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Hey, guys. Uh, Andy here and Dave on the uh, Evertracker Tuesday tune-in. Um, yeah, so it's been really good over the last sort of couple of weeks. We've been doing, uh, obviously, last week was the, the Kilimanjaro premiere if you haven't seen it yet, I highly recommend you get over and view it. But um, couple, obviously, the couple of weeks before that and today, we're just going to go through some uh, questions that we've sort of been asked over the last few weeks around some of the different trips. Yeah. Also as well, today is uh, a little bit of a sneak preview, really, because last night, wasn't it, Dave, we recorded another podcast episode. Yes, we did. Um, yeah, finally. You know, um, we, couldn't hold, we couldn't hold back the tide any longer of people demanding more mountain malarkey. <laughs> so we... <laughs> So yeah, we 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 finally did a podcast and quite an interesting one, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, quite interesting. It's good, isn't it? We call it um, a battle of the tracks. Um, yeah. Even though you know, like we, I know we discussed it last night, but just to give you a little sneak preview, it's really around um, you know the different tri- uh, different tracks that are out there. Um, you know what type of challenge they are, difficulty level. Yeah. Also, what type of experience they are for you, because they're not for everyone. No, exactly. And yeah, it came about because we, we know what it's like when you're, you're trying to think of the next adventure or the first adventure. Yeah. Um, you know, you go into the website, click destinations, where to go. Yeah. And then it really is battle of the treks. <laughs> you know, what one's right for you, what one matches what you want to achieve, matches your personality. Because believe it or not, certain trips do, you know, suit different personalities and things like that. So, yeah, uh, yeah hopefully we've tried to resolve. Um, there's no clear winner. The winner is a very individual thing. <laughs> but uh, battle well, yeah, we both said that, didn't we? Um, yeah. You know, a little bit of a, a sort of a tease, I suppose. Um, hey, Ramona, how are you doing? Um, just seen your, your message come hey, through Ramona. again. Always watching our lives. Multiple um, never tracker there, Ramona. I know. And, and yeah, booked onto another trip, I see, uh, yesterday. So, uh, yeah, well done. Um, you also go with Andrew, is it? Yeah. Andrew? Yeah, your son, Andrew. So, yeah, look forward to having you with us again, Ramona. Um, but, yeah, I mean, with... With our trips, I mean, obviously there's a varied now. We got Everest, we got Kili, we obviously got the South American trips uh, like Machu Picchu. We got Tupacal now, which we've launched quite recently. Um, they're all very different, as well as like the six thousand meter peaks. You know, you've got uh, even you've got the Annapurna region. Yeah, they're all um, 
very different trips. But where should we start, Dave, with, with, with Battle of the Treks? I know yesterday we... Yeah, I think what, we just, what I said yes uh, in the podcast... So this got, there might be some spoilers if you watch the podcast, but, it, you know, just bears re-listening to. Um, but yeah. we talked about it, So when it comes to what we do, I suppose the most popular place destination that we take people to, and I think I likened it to, um, it's our Big Mac. It's our flagship yeah. burger yeah. is Everest Base Camp. That's what yeah. we originally started doing. That's what we specialized in. Yeah, and That's what we really, we used as a blueprint to develop an ever tracker experience and then yeah. transplant that to other countries and i think the first sort of most well they're two of the most popular and it's yeah. the first should i or shouldn't i everest base camp or kilimanjaro yeah you know it uh, is, isn't it? it's always asked yeah. exactly yeah and one of the ever since we've come back the questions have been which is harder you know which is best if i have no experience which one should i do you know, and yeah. yeah, I think we did. We called it Battle of the Treks, but there's no clear winner because I think it ultimately depends on what you're trying to, what you would like to achieve from your experience. Yeah. So we said with Everest Base Camp, you are going to the Himalaya. You are going to see the biggest mountains in the world. That's really the reason why we're going. Everyone wants to see Mount Everest. You know, yeah. out of all the base camps in the Himalayan region, Everest Base Camp is the best because you're at foot of the biggest mountain in the world. Um, and it's the scenery and you get to tread through history. You know, you're following in the footsteps of some of the most famous mountaineers and some of the most famous climbs in history. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Kilimanjaro, If I, you, you can't really compare on difficulty because yeah. it's eight days. Seven days are about the same or easier than any day on the Everest Base Camp trip. Yeah. And then there's summit day, which is so much harder. Which isn't, which isn't like any other day. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Which is like nothing. It's like no other day I've ever done on a mountain. You know, it was yeah. it was outstanding. But the reasons I think you would go there is you want the exhilaration and the achievement of having stood on one of the seven summits, stood on the highest mountain in Africa, um, you know, taking, you know, the sunrise yeah. you know, on the roof of Africa. It's, it's immense. immense it? it is it is immense. But I think when I left, if I was to think when I left Kilimanjaro, I felt more yeah. like a sense of achieve, a sense of achievement, a sense of teamwork, a sense that I'd really done something special. Yeah. When I first left Everest Base Camp, it was more I felt enriched, <laughs> you know, as a person. It's a different type of journey, isn't it? It's exactly. It, like, yeah. Was it you said yesterday it was almost around you're traveling through a landscape rather than climbing a mountain. Um, yeah. Hey, Jackie, how's it going? Oh, hey, Jackie. Um, yeah, she booked on to EBC a few days ago. So, yeah, um, great stuff. Look forward to having you with us, mate. Yeah. Um, 18 months. God, that's going to fly by. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, hopefully it will. I know with all the the current sort of situation, it's, it's been a bit mad this season. Um, if you've watched any of our other lives, you'll, you'll see that there was, you know, we had some customers over in Nepal. Um, you know, most of the season was was cancelled. Yeah. Um, you know, we're really positive going forward. I mean, no one really knows at the moment, um, but we're, we're certainly, as you can imagine, we have a positive outlook on it. Um, you know, autumn, uh, fingers crossed, all going well. But yeah, yeah in 18 months, um, Everest will be waiting for you, Jackie. So yeah, uh, we look forward to having you with us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with so going back to Everest, Dave, I know you called uh, Everest R. Um, what do you call it? Yeah, I said Everest was like Evertrek's Big Mac. Big you Mac. Know, it's, it. the it's the flagship. Yeah. 
you know, and then um, Kilimanjaro would probably be, you know, the McChicken sandwich, yeah. the second on the roster. I did say after that I was going to end the analogy because I could just get all the way down to like, you know, the training weekend. That's the flurry. <laughs> That's the... <laughs> you know? I know. I know. So, um, yeah, not that we um, are that close to McDonald's, but I know what you mean. It, it is kind of. Everest Base Camp is kind of what we're known for. We have opened up new products, as, as everyone knows. Yeah. But yeah, Killy is is definitely a completely different trip. And, you know, it's like when you're on Everest Base Camp, you know, you are journeying through villages. You are journeying through where people already live. Where Kilimanjaro, when you start to when you finish, yeah, yeah no one lives up there. It's it's, it's kind of like a, as close to an expedition you can get yeah. um, in Africa. Yeah, I mean, um, exactly like um, Sital, hello, Sitala said, um, in our opinion, yeah. which is harder, EBC or Killy, we get it a lot. Some people yeah. want to know because they don't want to, it's their first trip and they want to go on what they would consider the easier one. Yeah. Um, I think if you're just talking in terms of altitude, you go higher on Killy. Yeah. And summit day on Killy is a lot harder, I think, than any other day on the Everest base camp trip. Yeah. But the other seven days are probably easier. Hey, Andrew, how's it going, mate? Glad to have you with us. Um, yeah, you're going to absolutely love it. Um, yeah, so I think it's really hard to sort of say which one would be the hardest. I think ultimately, I think you need to figure out exactly what you want to get out of the trip and not worry yeah. too much about which one's going to be the most difficult because there are going to be times on both trips when you're really exhausted and tired. It's just on Summit Day on Killy, you're really, really exhausted and tired. It is, um, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it is. It is about that. I think, yeah, having done both, you, you know, both are difficult in their own way. Um, I don't think there's one. Yeah, there, as Dave said, there's not one day on Everest Base Camp that is harder, in in our opinion, than than uh, than Summit Night in Killy. Summit Night in Killy is because it's more about lack of sleep. It's it's all the different factors: lack of sleep. You're hiking through yeah. the dark. You know, um, you've already trekked for multiple days. You're high, and higher than Everest Base Camp. You know, yeah. um, so. I'm to glad me, you said that then, and like we're we're high in terms of altitude. <laughs> well, obviously, <laughs> not now. Um, but it is, yeah. When you're up there and you're almost at, um, you know, you're five and a half, almost six thousand meters. Yeah, it's hard work. It's hard work. Yeah. You know, again, a base camp. I remember the first time for me, um, it was hard work. But yeah, in, in, if if you're looking at the more difficult trip, it's difficult. Killy is difficult because of one day. Just if you can get around that day, it's no more difficult than Everest Base Camp. It's just summit night. Yeah. Um, you know, both are very different and you'll have amazing experiences on both. Um, you know, I suppose to tell my, my, my answer would be, you know, if you're going to try, because we get a lot of people who go to Everest Base Camp, they've already done Killy. But then we get loads of people who, um, you know, book to come with us to say do Everest Base Camp. And they're like, oh, I also want to do Killy. So it's. Whichever one you do first is fine. Um, yeah. You know, Everest Base Camp, it's got the culture. Uh, it's got the Kathmandu, which is awesome. It's, it's, it's got the, the Himalayas. There's no bigger mountains in the world. Yeah. Kilimanjaro is about, all about getting to the summit. Exactly. Really um, yeah. I hope that answers your question, Sitel. So Diane has asked, um, any more trips in the pipeline? Um, she's done EBC. She's done yeah. um, Tupacal, Kilimanjaro. I mean, I suppose in the pipeline, if that's... It's <laughs> a big one. Yeah, I mean, wow, there's some amazing things out there that we're planning on doing. Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't want to give too many spoilers away, really, but <laughs> there's um, there's a very large mountain. Um, it begins with K and ends in two. 
Um, so there's key, <laughs> so there's K two base. The yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's K two base camp um, in Pakistan yeah. in the Karakoram. I think we'd love to extend further into the Himalaya. Yeah. Um, there's some trips in India. I think that we've been considering again for further into the Himalaya. Yeah, um, the DAC is quite quite beautiful little area there. Yeah, there's a pretty high mountain over in um, Argentina, I think. Yeah. So um, yeah, Aconcagua, I think, is probably going to be relatively soon, and I would say, you know, like literally within yeah within the next month. I know we've had some people who are who were already booked with us, and we're kind of very friendly with. Yeah, um, who have personally messaged me and asked about um, Aconcagua, um, the highest mountain outside of the Himalayas. Exactly. Um, it's, it's massively on the agenda. We're kind of working out because we were going to try and do a trip this year, but with everything that's going on, probably going to be not next sure about running our test pilot trip this year. So we're probably going to eat that into next year. We're, we're, we're unsure yet, but um, it's probably going to be next year. But yeah, Dave mentioned K2 base camp. I'm loving the responses. That's one of my personal like favorite. Yeah. I, it's, it's, a, it's a bucket list of mine. So I'm glad it's getting a, a little bit of a buzz. Yeah. Um, oh, Brooke's <laughs> on here as well. Hi, Brooke. Um, yeah, hey, Brooke, Brooke, okay, guys. Brooke's coming to Aconcagua with us. When she was on Kilimanjaro, she said she really wants to do even <laughs> higher mountains. So well, Ed, is. Ed Tooley, I know he, he's, he's massively keen on coming on Aconcagua. Hey, Ed. Um, oh, Ed, by the way, the old man's doing well, mate. Um, thanks for everything that you did for him. He's um, he's walking like three miles a day, moving around, putting weight on it. So, um, yeah, healing up well. <laughs> I thought I'd put Ed there because he's like, hands up, he wants to go. Yeah. <laughs> he's waiting for us to launch that. He, uh, he, yeah, we will do, mate. It won't be long. But um, yeah, K2 Base Camp is kind of, um, like you said, Davis, is something somewhere that you really wanted to go on Yeah, you know, over the last, uh, was it, five, six years? Five, six like, years. Andy, when are we going to do K2? Yeah, exactly. It's um, every time we, we do the Adventure Travel Show, um, you know, both – Andy and myself will have little moments where oh, we're going to go and have a rain, chat to the other operators and see what's going on. I immediately go to the K2 one and be <laughs> you know, and get as much information as I can because um, I've really wanted to, um, yeah, to, I, I'd love to do, you know, to travel the, the entire length of the Himalaya, you know, yeah. visiting all the key spots and K2 base camp, spending time in Islamabad, traveling through Pakistan, I think is, um, yeah, it's going to be a fascinating, amazing adventure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, not much chat on Island Peak Boys. Oh, sorry, Mick. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Mick. Sorry. Oh, yeah, we, we, we should do. And we actually, if you listen to the podcast, Mick, um, we did do one of those battles because we've done Everest Base Camp versus Kili. That's, a, yeah. that's always a big question. Another big one we get asked is Island Peak versus Mera Peak. Yeah. Um, so we'll go into that one, I think, um, because you're right, Mick. Island Peak is, is in the Everest region. Um, it's not that far away from Everest Base Camp, Mick. I know you've been to Base Camp already, um, but you know you've got some trekking peaks. Although we hate calling them trekking peaks because you don't there there is some element of climbing involved. Yeah, you're on, you're on a six thousand meter peak. You know you're, you're above. Yeah. You're on permafrost. You, you, you're on a most of it. You're on a glacier. Yeah, that's not really trekking as such. It's you know you, you are ascending a six thousand meter peak. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, so yeah, Dave, I think sells it. I know we, we we talked about the differences between Mera Peak and yeah. Island Peak. Let's start with the highest, six four seven six meters. Mera. Mera, yeah. I think, um, yeah, we we sell we sell a lot more, and a lot more people generally go to Island Peak Base Camp for one reason and one reason only. It's in the Everest region of Nepal. Yeah, you know, so um, Mera is not. So when you arrive at Lukla, there's two ways out. 
you can go Everest route or you can head towards Mera. And I think when it comes to Mera, it's one of those. I think a lot of people that have been to Everest Base Camp, there's like a progression of stages. Yeah. You go to Everest Base Camp and you achieve it. And then if you fall in love with the with the region and you want to go back, you go back and you do Island Peak because you've got to go bigger, higher, faster. Well, not faster, but bigger and higher. Yeah. And then I think once you've done Island Peak and you're into like, you know, your, your peak bagging over in the Himalaya, the yeah. natural progression then is Mera. Narrow, yeah. And I think the surprise that people will have is that although it's not in the Everest region, the Himalaya is beautiful wherever you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it is one of those things. And, yeah, calling them trekking peaks, I mean, technically they're trekking peaks. Um, you know, there is some, you are crampon, ice axe, harnesses yeah. and stuff like that. So it's a little bit more than sort of any, you know, trekking peaks we're used to in the UK. Yeah. I like to just think of them as 6,000 meter mountains. Yeah, which is what well, they are. Yeah, they've got their own challenges. Exactly. And, um, yeah, that you know, if anyone thinks that because it's a trekking peak that it's going to be yeah. easy, then we are here and more than happy to accept your booking and uh, send you <laughs> over and send you over to the Himalaya to have a crack. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's, you know, it comes with, um, like, Mick, obviously Mick has, has done some training in North Wales um, with one of our very good friends, Steve, uh, at Aim Higher um yeah you know it's always handy if you're going to do these peaks it's always good just to learn how to put crampons on learn how to use an ice axis it's not massively technical but yeah. sometimes experience of walking on snow and ice with crampons does help so you know we, i think we are going to do something in the future about trying to do our own training of that alongside people yeah. like steve uh, we're also doing some stuff in scotland but yeah with island peak especially it's changed over the last few years like it is. Um, it's always been a great challenge. Like Mick, you, you'll 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 do amazing on that. Um, you know, fitness-wise, you're there. Experience-wise, you're there. But it is changed. Like one of the glaciers, just before you get up to um, sort of just after base camp, really, uh, is basically you've got a glacier that's sort of separated a bit. So what used to be one ladder is now four. Yeah. <laughs> so there's all these ladders strapped. It's very similar, I suppose. You could put it not not the same bracket, but. You've seen some pictures maybe of the Kumbu Icefall. Yeah. If you've ever watched the Everest movie or if you ever watched um, some documentaries around Everest, you'll see the ladders going through the icefall. There is one section that is, um, you know, we've got about, it does change. Um, you know, it could go down to two, but at the moment it's four ladders to get across that. Yeah. Um, so, again, challenge of the mind because it is quite challenging. Um, but once you're up there, you're on to the peak. Yeah. You've then got this big slope before you get to the summit ridge. And there's about 100 meters there where it's um, they call it fixed rope climbing. So it's not like vertical. Um, I forgot the the actual um, degree of incline, but it pretty much means that you're all attached to a fixed rope with a jumar going up the rope. So if you slip or anything, you're, you're caught on the rope. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's for about 100, 110 meters before you get to the summit ridge. Yeah. And then summit ridge all the way to the summit. One of the most beautiful things you could ever imagine. So, yeah, Mick, I hope that does it justice. Exactly. Um, you can have um, a uh, couple of questions I, lo I love here. One um, yeah. gentleman um, called uh, Max Bibby. <laughs> um, uh, we know Max. Oh, bring him in again. Yeah, exactly. Um, K2 base game times good. Or Lenin Peak. Yeah. Um, well, wow. one of our uh, Sherpas, uh, Sherpa Guides Nawang, actually guides on Lenin Peak. Yeah, he does. Um, and was doing that quite a lot. And um, he's one of the guys that took um, one of our customers, Callum, who did Mera and Island Peak in, in one go. On the same trip, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, no, a really good guide. And, yeah, very experienced on Lenin, so something we could definitely do. <coughs> but Jackie Bally has asked, a little off topic, 
uh, top topic. But she was thinking about getting to Nepal a few days early and exploring the region by motorbike. Are there any higher places we could arrange? Uh, yes, 100%. Um, our team over there um, have a lot of really good connections with like motorbike yeah. tours and stuff like that. That's a real big interest of our guy Anuj over there, head of operations over in Nepal. Yeah. Um, he's a motorbike fanatic. Um, yeah, that's the only way he gets trained. And if you did want to do something like that, just drop us an email and um, we can set it up for you. Easy. Yeah, exactly. I think, uh, Dave, I know you're into your, you've always been into your motorbikes, haven't you? Yeah, exactly. yeah. I keep saying, me and Anoush keep planning that we're going to go and ride maybe um, Kathmandu to Pokhara on a couple of the uh, BMWs yeah. and something like that. But, um, you know, I'd love to be over there doing that now, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Well, we're all, it's kind of one of those things, isn't it? All these weeks that go on, um, you know, and it's, I, I say it's hard. It's always good having a bit of levity and perspective. I know, you know, if you're watching and your frontline staff, like, uh, you know, Fair News Night, you know, um, my hat off to you. Yeah. Because I know you, you've obviously got a lot harder than we have. I mean, you know, we're just stuck at home. But, you yeah. know, we can't wait just to get out there. Um, and this excitement is definitely building up for me. I mean, I can't wait to get out to the mountains now. No, I can't. No, um, I'm, I'm now in my window. I've changed my spot in the room so I can just look outside. But um, actually, one thing uh, Jackie did say, something vintage would be awesome. I don't know if there's actually any true vintage bikes over there, yeah. but a lot, a lot of bikes over there are um, Royal Enfields, which are made in India. Um, yeah. So if you wanted a vintage feel and look, um, get your Royal Enfield. Um, yeah. Classics. Yeah. Just going through some questions here, because Lauren, our, uh, our social yeti, um, she will she is basically in all the questions. Um, also, we've had on email. Yeah. Uh, our messenger we've had a lot of um questions come through so i'm just going through here just to pick them up because there's a few oh excuse me um let's have a little look we've got a few in here uh where is it that one was that's right around flight prices so i think it was a lady called karen who emailed in um sorry karen i can't remember your, your surname but you mentioned about all these different trips that we're doing because uh, i know we're talking about trips against trips but when it comes to flight prices because um, obviously on all of our trips, we don't organize you international flights. You know, we can point you in the right direction. It may improve soon in terms of we may be able to do that in the coming months. Uh, that's still a work in progress for us. We don't want to do that until we're, it's, it's as good as um, and, and, and we get as much value of it as possible. But yeah, so in terms of flight prices, so you say you're going over to Everest. Depends on your time of year. But Everest Base Camp um, you know, can be anything between four to 800 pounds, uh, depending on the time of year you go. If you're going in the spring... Yeah. So, you know, it can be popular. So, you know, you're looking at sort of six to eight hundred. Um, same relatively in the autumn. Obviously, you want to book it as soon as you can. Uh, anything between, you know, around about like 10, nine months before you go is good. Um, I would suggest if you go into Kilimanjaro, uh, very, very similar because they're both long haul. Um, you're looking at anything around the sort of five, six hundred mark if you book in advance. Yeah. Um, Peru is a little bit more um you know than that so you're looking at maybe six seven hundred pounds if you book in advance when you go to Tubcar, um which is you know one of the big things about Tubcar is only a three three and a half hour flight um i think there's flights going in the autumn at the moment on some of our dates which are less than 80 pounds return yeah if you fly from manchester yeah. with easyjet yeah um there are like return flights for like 80 pound you know yeah. which is which is crazy um I know um, uh, James Tomlin, just to carry, uh, he said, what have you missed about Aconcagua? We're going to be launching it very soon. Yeah. Um, and we expect our first trip to be 
autumn 2021 something like that yeah it will be it'll be next year i know yeah i've chat to a few of the guys um around it and while we're on the trips then i mean we've just dripped on tupacal there let's go on to um what we talked about last night which was tupacal versus machu picchu yeah two trips um two very very cultural trips i would say um two very different places um different cultures different yeah. religions but very beautiful places i mean let's start with tupacal then yeah, I think um, yeah. Tupacal and Machu Picchu, I think, are very much, yeah, it's more like the, you're still going to altitude. I mean, yeah. um, when you go to Machu Picchu, 4,900 meters on the route yeah. that we take. Um, when you go to Tupacal, obviously, that's up to, Andy, help me out, 4,000. 4,176. 4, a bit. So, yeah, so you, you're still getting into, like, um, you know, it's difficult to breathe levels of altitude. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we were talking about it last night and we were talking about like, um, if you had to sort of differentiate the trips and give people advice, they wanted to do Tupgal or, or Machu Picchu before they go yeah. on to something like Base Camp or Kili, which one would they choose? And I said, well, ultimately, I think it's about what you want to actually get out of the trip itself. I mean, yeah. both of them offer massive sort of doses of culture shock for you and culture learning because you'll be going to two very different parts of the world, particularly say Machu Picchu, for instance, yeah, which is like you know millennia's old civilizations there that built something and a lot of history there, eh? exactly, yeah, and even just like um, walking around Marrakesh and things like that, just this ancient old city, still very much how it was, you know, it's modernized in some ways, but in other ways, it's very much how it was sort of generations ago. You mean you know, more... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry. I know. I, I moved to Tupacal as well. Oh, sorry, mate. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm back and forth. <laughs> but yeah, no, Tupacal, I think, is one of those things that um, to go over to South America, to go to Nepal, it takes a long time and a lot of effort. Yeah. If you wanted to get the same level of experience for you, you wanted to, you know, you, you don't have three weeks of your life to put aside. Tupacal is perfect for you because it offers everything you need to. You're climbing the highest mountain in North Africa. You go into the stunning Atlas Mountains. You were going to spend time in Marrakesh, which Andy, I know you were there recently. Yeah. Um, I have yeah. She's bang on. She is bang yeah. on. What yeah, like. exactly. Yeah. Brooke is our like um, Wonder Woman. <laughs> she is. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and obviously it does offer you, you know, a big summit. So, you know, you have a summit That's night right. that yeah. everything's leading up to summit night. You can smash it out long day night hiking and then come back down again but yeah. the main key reason why i think it's popular is you can do it in four days <laughs> you know yeah. we do an eight day one but we also offer a four day one so you can leave yeah. summit to uh, and come back in like five days so uh, you know it's a really really convenient yeah. way for you to get that taste of adventure see something completely different um and it's only a three-hour flight it's so perfect for like being able just to hop on the plane yeah it is uh, and it's very um you know it is it's different culturally like three hours i mean that's the that's one of the, the beauties of the uk isn't it you're, you're three three and a half hours from a completely different culture um and you know on all of these trips just to drop in because i know we're chatting about all the trips now um if anyone here has a book done with us i know a lot of people are on here already um ever trackers you've already been on a trip with us or you're already looking at other trips but I want to just point out as well, don't forget we're in April, all of April's £10 deposit. Uh, if you are keen to book on a trip, then, you know, we'd, we'd love to have you with us again. Or if you haven't been on a trip with us, then we'd love to have you 
um, just so you can see what Evertrek's all about. Um, you know, obviously we've got the community and the high altitude Evertrekkers uh, group, but it's ten pound um, fall of April, so definitely get yourself in um, on a trip with us. But yeah, um, whilst we're talking about Marrakesh, Kushka, uh, Kushka, Cusco, and Peru, that's where Machu Picchu kind of comes into its own because Latin America, South America, the Andes, great name. Um, mm. That's the mountain range. It's it's kind of something that you you can't describe. Like you go out there, and obviously we're going on a trip, but the route we've chosen um, to run our trips is um, is the Tomakea route, which is called we call the Hidden Valley because no one goes there. Uh, you know, as far as we know, no other company in the UK actually goes on this trip, which is why it's been um, you know it's it's people want to go there. Um, so what for us, we talked last night and said. What would we do now? Was it Dave? You asked me a question and said, "What would you do now if yeah?" So if I said everything was lifted and you could go on one trip, what would you? Yeah, choose? I've spoken to Boris. He's given you special dispensation <laughs> to catch a flight. You're going tomorrow. You've got to decide right now where you're going. Yeah. And your answer was, "Well, mine was Machu Picchu." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yours, go on. And, and I, I mean, there's lots of reasons behind that, but yeah, I, 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 just because it's such a new trip and a new route that we haven't actually done. Like our team over there have been doing it for 30 years in terms of the route and the area. Um, but it's away from the Inca Trail. It's away from the Salcante route. It's on a you know a really unused trip. We thought that would be awesome, which is why we've had so many people book onto it. Yeah. But that's why for me, something that hasn't been done before like that is is a draw for me now. Yeah. Um, not taking anything away from all the other trips because at the end of the day, Obviously, we have a track. You've done base camp five times, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so you can imagine why I want to do Tupacal. Uh, yeah. yeah. Machu Picchu. Too many trips, uh, mate. It was easier when it was just base camp. <laughs> um, and Dave, I'll ask you the same question then. Yeah. So I said, um, I said, I think I'd join you on the track in Machu Picchu, but I think yeah. I'd, I'd go via Nepal. <laughs> I'd go the long <laughs> way around. Um, I'm for a few days. Yeah, exactly. Maybe because I miss those guys over there. You know, by now, normally, we, you know, maybe me or you would have been over there and, yeah, you know, hooked up with the guys. And, um, yeah, I'd, I absolutely love it over there. So I think maybe four or five days in Kathmandu and then I catch a flight and come meet you in Cusco. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's fair. Something. No, you're right. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, we like, uh, I, obviously, if you're following us, you've seen that we, we started um, a GoFundMe page for some of our staff in Nepal who, um, you know, would normally be be working now, be normally getting money, supporting their families. Um, you know, and that's why we set up the the GoFundMe page. It is actually on the live at the bottom. I did put it in there. So I just think it's worth mentioning what you mentioned about the guys over in Nepal, Dave, that, yeah. you know, um, you know, if you want to donate to them because we are sending the money over there, um, you know, to cover their wages and everything, um, you know, during the um, obviously the trekking season that's been cancelled. Um, yeah, just wanted to throw that out there. If you do want to donate, Go on to the link, and um, I know lots of you already have. And huge thanks to all of you. Yeah. It means a lot because um, you know we set that up because people in our community said, "Look, can we do this?" And you know we were like, you know, it's a type of community that we we love to be a part of. Yeah. Um, and that's what I love about our Evertrack is there. Or you know, you're all awesome people. So yeah, if you want to uh, donate, um, it's just in the link on this live. Um, but yeah, so I mean, a few more questions then. We'll we'll, we'll get a few more in. And like I said, if you're watching. Post some more. Uh, if you've got any questions about any of our trips, do fire them because that's what we're here for. Well, uh, um, Nick, Nick Taylor, who's just come back, um, said okay. must be missing them. 
Um, I, think, I think they are. I think the, um, yeah, they've got a surplus of beer over there at the moment. So I think that, uh, yeah, um, Nick was actually one of uh, one of our guys that went over and trekked to, um, trekked to Everest and, Everest, yeah. yeah, came back and then unfortunately got caught out with the flight bans and things like that. So um, had a, something like a two-week extended holiday in Kathmandu. Um, yeah, but no, great to have him back with us. You know, I, I reckon it's one of those situations, though, where you really want to get back. You miss your friends, you miss your family. You're back for a week and you think to yourself, God, it was easier in Nepal. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. It is like that. Yeah, nice, Nick. I'm glad you like the loft. Um, it's We've used quite a lot of different hotels in Kathmandu. Um, but, the we've you know, the hotels we've used before are all brilliant. But we've looked at a loft and um, we're definitely thinking of using that all going forward. So, yeah, if you come yeah. on a trip with us, you might get to look at a loft relatively soon um got another question here which was from peter peter ferguson um how cold is ebc in february wow it's yeah it's uh well having been there in february myself it is it is very cold um winter conditions it's um we, we don't normally run trips during winter just because of the unpredictability of the weather um meaning that flights to look can be delayed for days and days yeah. So it's hard for us to, to, to kind of maintain trips like we normally do in the spring and the autumn, which is why we don't do it. We did do a private trip back in February. We were, um, I think it was five guys who were local to us, actually, from South Wales. And they all reached Everest Base Camp. They had an awesome time. And it was super cold. I mean, when I was there in January and February 2016, it got down to about minus 25 um, at night. So it's, yeah, it's damn cold. Yeah. Um, but if you like the cold, I mean, for me, um, you know, it was I, I prefer the cold to the, the, the heat. So I loved it. But you could feel it the way I sort of described it to Dave when you first asked me. I was like, the wind and the cold gets into your kidneys. Yeah. <laughs> that cold. <laughs> it doesn't matter how many down jackets you're wearing. It will get you cold. So, but yeah, I have to be honest. It's um, it's a beautiful time to visit. You do get some snow there, mind. It's uh, which is beautiful. Yeah. Um, um, Jackie Bally. Just Lawrence put one through another random one. I'd also like to get. <laughs> I'd also like to get a traditional bamboo tattoo. There we go, Dave. Yeah, I think that's one for you. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what you mean. I don't know where you could get them, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I've never had a tattoo over there like that done like that. I really want one. I've had one done. Yeah. Um, I had um, an Icelandic one done that was poked with like whalebone. <laughs> wow. You know, which um, yeah had that like um, like you know the the compass design. I forget the name of it. You know, like the Icelandic. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I had that on my leg, but um, I could find out for you 100%. Um, yeah. yeah, it's like, um, you know, if you're like me and you've got too much time on your hands, then <laughs> yeah, getting a tattoo is always a great way to spend the day. But no, I can find out for you, so drop me an email, um, just in email uh, dave at evertrek.co.uk, and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. Yeah, nice. Yeah, bamboo is I've heard that bamboo tattoos are a lot more painful than normal tattoos, right? No idea, they all hurt. <laughs> so this is because I haven't got any tattoos. Dave, yeah. Dave has more than enough for all of our team. Yeah, um, you know. So, but I, I will be getting one in the future. Yeah, I think. When, no, yeah, I don't know if they hurt anymore. Um, I've had hand poked ones, and I've had the bamboo one. Yeah. They all hurt. <laughs> I'm over it. <laughs> um. So, Kath Jones, uh, very good question. Trying to convince my husband to do EBC with me. He's very shy, worried about fitness. He's a very fit farmer. Any words of encouragement? I suppose it comes down to, uh, Kath, uh, you know, obviously you're chatting and, and you're thinking about it. 
you don't have to be super fit. Um, if you if you know if you join our community, you you see there's a lot of us who, um, you know, there's all shapes and sizes, all level of fitness. Yeah. Every base camp is the trip that um, it will make it easier. You can do it without any training, but doing the training just makes it a little bit easier, doesn't it, Dave? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I was going to say, um, if he's a fit farmer. Yeah, we've got a couple of farmers like John from Brecon's a farmer. Yeah, uh, Kiara was a farmer. Farmers do very well. If you can get through a, uh, you know, if you, if you can get up Hard at day. five in the morning or four in the morning every day and get through a lambing season and yeah. still, you know, be walking upright, then yeah, EBC is well within your, your capability. Farmers they tend to be quite tough as well, you know, like resilient and tough. So yeah, tell him, um, yeah, no need to be shy. Everyone's a good crack over there, so you know yeah. he's going to be fit enough. Based on what you've said, he's, he's if he's if you class him as very fit, calf, I take your word for it, and he doesn't even need to be very fit. So yeah, absolutely, he can come. I think it comes down to um, what, you know how much you want to get there, because um, fitness doesn't really come into it. Um, it's more about just staying positive, enjoying yourself, looking after your body. Yeah, because you're, you're only walking. You're walking at high altitude. It, Obviously, when you get higher, it means you slow down. But just because you're fitter than someone else doesn't mean you're going to do better than altitude. It's a real leveler. We've yeah. had people who are super fit um, actually struggle at high altitude compared to people who are nowhere near as fit as them just because they've taken their time to acclimatize. It's all yeah. about the acclimatization. So, Kath, if you know if you want us to have a chat with your husband, more than happy um, you know, to do that. If you want to drop your details, email info at evertrek.co.uk. Yeah. One of us can have a chat with, with yourself, uh, maybe a little. We could do a call like this if you wanted to, if you want to have yeah. a chat about then it. A, yeah, someone just, Sinead, uh, just said there is a mental strength yeah. um, that came. So I, I'd be inclined to agree with that. Yeah. I think um, my dad's friend, Adrian, came to Everest Base Camp in October. Yeah. Um, and I think that he had every right to quit based on his level of fitness. Yeah. Um, but he but he he kept focused, <laughs> kept himself happy, and you know he made it there just by fewer, uh, just by pure you know strength of character and strength of mind, really. Yeah. You know? So yeah, that's absolutely right. <laughs> there we go. I uh, I just I think Kath's just on here again, and she says um, he does favour the F word known as <laughs> what's that France? Uh, favour the F word known as die. Oh, Daivach. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah. Um, yeah, Dai is also Nepalese for brother. Really? I didn't know that. Exactly, yeah. So, there we go. Yeah. There we go, Kath. Have a word of him. Um, I, I do recommend as well, because uh, we, we get asked this question a lot, um, which is why we've created a lot of content around it. If you go to our Knowledge Centre, if you go to the Evertrek website and there's a section there saying Knowledge Centre, there's a few details in there about some maybe articles. One of them says, how fit do I need to be? Another one's about how what experience you need. Um, maybe get them to have a little read of those. Um, there's a couple of videos in there worth a watch. I think it's myself just talking about it. Um, and, you know, just just have a little look. And, you know, if, you, if he is worried, um, get him on the, the High Altitude Evertrekkers Facebook group. Get him to post in there. And there's other people who, yeah. will, who will explain their situation. Because um, yeah. that's what we're doing. We're, we're normal people. We're, we're, we're not super fit. And we're fine at altitude. It's just the, the things you do whilst you're there. That's, that's important. Or oh, a training weekend, you know? Yeah. I think you come on a training weekend and you'll soon be uh, very much at ease when you yeah, see, exactly. like, you know, the, how the trek goes and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, great. Just going through uh, any more on here, but it's 
No, I mean, when it, when it comes to, I mean, we'll, we'll sort of start to round it up, I think, Dave. And, you know, it's any of these trips, all of these di different types of trips can be challenging in their own way. Um, I know we've had a, another question. I think Stephen Robertson, um, nice to see you. Um, I know you asked about whether EBC or Killy is more difficult, which one. Um, yeah, definitely look beginning because someone else asked the question. And they're both very, very um, sort of different trips. Um, Killy can be difficult because of one night, whereas Everest Base Camp, you know, is more about the same each day. Unless you want to go up Kalapatar, because, you know, I'd say Kalapatar is probably one of the most challenging parts to it. Yeah. Um, but any of these trips you go on, um, definitely a challenge. All of them are a challenge in their own right. They're all difficult in their own right, but they're all why we love trekking and why we love hiking, why we love doing a little bit. If you go to Island Peak, why you like climbing? If it was easy, then, you know, everyone would do it. Yeah, um, And that's what makes it better. I think, Dave, when you said about when we got the top of Killian back down, even though it was hard afterwards, it's I think you, uh, Steve was doing some filming with you. And I think you mentioned yeah. that it's something you can talk about when you go back home and you tell your friends. Yeah. You tell your family. And, and it's almost that those things that you don't really think about that when you come back and you've got a story to tell you at the pub having a pint and you're sharing a story with your friend because you've done this challenge because you've you've taken on something like that it's um it, you yeah. grow as a person exactly yeah i said about myself yeah no <laughs> I, think, I think yeah when you it's, it's one of those things that like you do things like base camp or kilimanjaro and then it'll hit you like a month after or something like that and you'll be like yeah. oh yeah yeah i did do that didn't i <laughs> yeah exactly Hey, Stu. Hey, Stu. How you doing? Um, Stu came with us to Everest Base Camp in April last year. Yeah. Can't believe it's been a year already. You're crazy, isn't it? Wow. That is nuts. Um, but no, it's been brilliant. Um, look, Dave, I know we've, we've covered a lot. Um, is there any, anything else you want to go over? I know we've talked a lot about different types No, of I think that's pretty good. I think we've answered a lot of the questions. So, yeah, um, yeah but obviously, you know, you don't just have to ask them on here. If you guys no. think of anything else that you want to do, then just fire them over um you know i've got nothing else to do in my time so i'd be more than happy to just sit there and talk talk base camp talk killy talk machu picchu yeah. whatever you want to do exactly no and um just a little bit of a tease as well because we've um over the next few days um i'm going to be doing another live uh, towards the end of the week um and it's a little bit and, and, and if you can uh, just a question to all of you what do you think has been our so imagine now the last four weeks during lockdown what do you think has been our best-selling trip um, comment below. I'll be back at the end of the week and we'll talk a little bit about it. But uh, yeah, let me know what you think's been our best-selling trip. What's our ever trekker favourite at the moment? Um, yeah, far away. Put some comments there. I'll be uh, I'll be teasing a little bit more on some. Uh, I'll put a, another uh, couple of posts. But let me know what you think is our most um, popular trip at the moment, and we'll talk about it a little bit further in the week. Um, as I said before, if you're looking to book on a trip with us, it's ten pounds uh, to get yourself. Um, you know, because we realise that. You know, now it's difficult for everyone. Um, things can be a little bit tight. So we thought, right, we'll drop our deposits to £10. Yeah. Or any trips in 2021, 2022, get yourself on it. Because when we come out of this, like we are now, we want to get to the mountains and we want to go on an adventure. So if that's you, you want to come with us, then, you know, we'd love to have you with us. Um, but, yeah, comment below. What do you think has been our best seller? Uh, I have a track of favourite the last four weeks. Excellent. Um, cheers, Dave. I'll see you soon. I'll uh, obviously catch up after the call. But don't forget, we'll be um, Evertrek a Tuesday tune-in next week. So every Tuesday during the lockdown, we'll be here. Any questions, just comment, and we'll uh, we'll take them on next week. No worries. See you guys. Thanks for See you guys. Bye. Bye.
Awesome. So I hope you enjoyed the uh, another episode of the Mountain Malarkey podcast. Um, yeah, that was something a little bit different, wasn't it, from the Tuesday tune-in, but I hope yeah. you enjoyed it. I must say, you were brilliant on that episode, Ant. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, mate. Thanks. Now, if, uh, if you've enjoyed it, don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast. Um, you know, all these uh, podcasts we put together, the episodes, try to reach as many people as possible. And if it's helped you, leave us a lovely review. Um, and yeah, we'll see you again next week. Yeah, all the best, guys. Bye. <laughs> Thank you.